0: Hi, this is your old friend Dave Alvin, and right this second, you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with your pal Andras Jones. Mm
1: Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out here at Starburns Industries with the fabulous Sarah Kramer.
2: Hi, thank you.
1: And her fabulous friends. She's been providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations with her... Own compositions performed live here in the studio, and now we are joined by a friend of hers who we name checked earlier on the in the last segment because they play music together. They were they record together, Jeff Termas That's right. I got it right, Jeff Tarmus. You know, I put a question mark on it. Jeff Tarmus. Jeff Tarmus. <laughs> Welcome right, to Andras. Radio Eight Ball. Great to be oh, here. Oh, great pronunciation on Andras. Thank you very much. Most people soften that last vowel sound, so it's Andras. Yeah, Andrew. Well, I'm trying. Oh, you're great. You're great.
0: <laughs>
1: a man who knows his vowels—it's wonderful. Oh, so vowels are very important. Yeah. So Jeff, how do you? And so you—you you were all. What did you play on the the home record? Oh, well, I played bass on it. Played bass. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And that's what you do. You're a bass player. I play He's bass. So many
2: things.
0: I play <laughs> saxophone, guitar, banjo, but I make a living by by playing bass. I play bass with Mavis Staples.
2: And you sing and write songs. She's pretty good.
0: I do. You
2: do, indeed. I absolutely do. Yeah. Do Do you
0: write? Do you ever? And he
2: has records out. Yeah. Like how many at this point? Well, a
0: few. The the last actually the last CD that I did, uh, Sarah came in and played trumpet on it. Did a great job. I love I love Sarah's trumpet playing. Uh It's uh, she's she's got this beautiful warm tone, and she she plays with a lot of soul. There was one there was one song that. I, was, I did it kind of like New Orleans style. It was banjo, drums, tuba, trombone, and, and trumpet. And Sarah just nailed the feel on it. She's, she's great.
1: So we just said you were, were saying you have your own stuff. It would be great yeah. to get one of your tracks, maybe one of the tracks that Sarah plays on, we could throw it on the end of this podcast so people can hear what you sound like. Okay. Yeah. Just send it to me when this comes out. We'll we'll throw it on the end here. Okay. Jeff's
2: music is so great. And then I saw I haven't heard yet. But aren't you working on a new record too? How many records do you have at this point?
0: I think I've done um, about five.
1: Yeah, four or five. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a lot. Very impressive.
1: And as a songwriter, when you are when you're playing with Mavis Staples, is there you ever tempted to be like? Yeah, you got a song. You ever? Have you ever <laughs> are you intimidated to pitch her a song, or could you pitch her a song?
0: I, I've, 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 I've pitched her a couple of songs, but, but so far she's passed on them. That's okay. So she's not afraid. A lot, a lot of people send her material. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. So, in because I I always think about that, like when you're in that kind of situation, did you write a song specifically because you know you're working with, you're like, oh, I want to, I'm playing all this music, I'm feeling this vibe, I want to do write something in this vibe. Or did you have something hidden away that you thought, oh, this is something she'd like?
0: Well, both. There was a song I had written a few years earlier that I thought would be good for her, and then there was one that I I wrote thinking about Mavis, which I seldom do. I usually just write songs for myself, you know it's but yeah um, so yeah i did i did uh, i did you know uh, you know give her a couple of songs to, to listen to submit is mm-hmm. the word i was looking right. for yeah <laughs> submitted submitted a couple of songs but you know since uh, you know sarah's the star guest tonight it, this show's all about sarah i i wanted to yeah. say that the last song that she played wake i just love that song actually to the point where I learned it and did it did it on, on one of my shows we did a show together when was that a couple of years ago yeah
2: a couple of years ago
0: and and uh, I, I played wake with my band because mm-hmm. it's, it, it's just it's it's a song it's so heartfelt yeah and it's about I mean Sarah gave her spin on it but to me that song is just about the feeling of getting used to to, to waking up with somebody mm-hmm. and not wanting to you know you Maybe you've been alone for a while, and you meet somebody, and you're with that person, and you get used to you get used to going to bed with them, and you get used to waking up with them, and you don't want that to end mm-hmm. because there's there's something when when, when you fall yeah. when you fall in love, and you wake up with that person, it's one of the most beautiful things. Yes, it is. So, to me, that song really captures that.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know. So, how did you connect to be on the record on the home record? Jeff? Uh, well, like, how did you find him?
2: Well, I first met Jeff. I don't know exactly how it happened, but Jeff, Stephen Hodges, and Rick Holmstrom had a band. They go under RHB, the Rick Holmstrom band, but they, for a period of time, were called Brohondo, mm-hmm. and they played Hermosa Beach at um, Cafe Boogaloo.
1: I think that's a better name. Brohondo is a better name than RHB.
2: I don't know how I... Uh, Originally met any of them, but somehow I used to sit in or play gigs with Brohondo, mm-hmm. and there were other people like Tempo, Smoky Armel. Oh
1: yeah, we've had and Mike Peter in the Fahey,
2: show. Yeah. and we were kind of like the add-ins to Brohondo. But that trio—Stephen Hodges, Jeff Termis and Rick Holmstrom—have been like a power trio for so very long, and what a special uh bond and and like they've i mean they've played together on their own long before they all got the mavis gig and just anyway so that was when i first came to town los angeles has been really hard and that was one of the like sacred family type feeling vibes that gave me like and i don't want to well up and still even when I have a certain affinity or just kind of like they're my people or just a safe yeah, a safe thing that we just I've always loved playing music though. so anyway so that we used to play together gosh it's weird mm.
3: <laughs> so we used
2: to play together like that but time goes on so like Boogaloo closed they have this big gig now you know whatever and it was always just kind of a more loosey goosey sitting kind of thing but uh, so when I was going to, after my whole life of being a musician, I finally was determined I'm going to make a record. And so those were the guys. So that's how we Oh, so made the, that it's
1: first. That ba- so that was the band that was on. That's that first yeah.
2: band, yeah. And wow. Then, and then <clears throat> it was an honor in one of Jeff's more recent records to have been invited to play horn on your banjo record. I think yeah. I think that's the only record I played on. I think we've done gigs together, but I think that's the only recording, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I I I was hearing this sort of palette of banjo, bass, drums, not a whole lot of guitar, but like horns on a lot of stuff and i wanted trumpet and i want you know i wanted brass on it and i i, I just wanted Sarah to be on well you're right i mean the tone and
1: that's we, she played th- the theme song you didn't hear it, but she but, uh, but the yeah that tone you're talking about is well we oh, were yeah. we were
2: winging that i know i
1: know, know that was that was that was everyone does sort of wings the theme song but
2: but also yeah. i forget if jeff mentioned in his list of instruments he must have but he's a great saxophone player and so also yeah. when i play with jeff it's not just when he's singing or playing bass or banjo or guitar to add a horn to it. But I love playing horns as a horn section, you know, and horn parts and melodies and harmonies and playing together. It's like there's so many layers to what can be done. And -hmm. so,
1: and it must be great for you working with a songwriter who's also a horn horn player who can... can... He
2: hears it right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) He hears it right. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So, well... I, I got one more question for you, and then we get to, we'll get to your question. Sure. But I'm always curious. So, are, are you from LA?
0: Yeah, Torrance actually. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of the people I meet who are LA cats. That's like there are some people who are coming from out of town, mm-hmm. but there's something about being from here. The sort of a, like an unflappability, a, like a quality of like, yeah, stars. You know, I'm not starstruck. I mean, you might be yeah. you might be sometimes a little bit, but you're. But it's not that. It's not that like wide eyed like. Oh my God! I can't believe. Or I really want to get this gig. You're just like. There's this. I'm just this Southern California music, musician cat vibe that I could just feel coming off you. Like, well, I'm
0: I'm flappable actually. Really, you've
1: been flapped. I've been flapped a (laughs) few times. Really, what flaps you?
0: Oh man.
1: Well. (laughs) He looks over at Sarah. You can't. People can't see it. He looks over at Sarah. Like, well.
0: (laughs) What flaps me? Oh, you know. Uh, I've 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 met a few people that that I didn't quite know what to say, yeah. and then you know, you show up. I mean, doing this is, is it's about showing up, and sometimes you show up and you feel like you're ready, and once in a while you you show up and they throw they throw something at you that you're just not quite ready for.
4: Yeah,
1: you
0: know.
4: Well,
1: but then what do you? What? Okay, so obviously when you're ready and it's like it's no no brain. So what do you do? Like you you've been doing this long enough. You've yeah. had that like the first time that happens to you, you're like. Psh. You drown, but then the third or the fourth time that happens to you, like what was the last time you walked into a session where you felt like that happened to you? How did you? What did you do? How do you deal with that now?
0: You just fake your way through. Yeah, exactly. Fucking a. That's exactly right. Yeah, just yeah. okay. fake, fake it till you make it. Yeah,
1: just look cool and yeah, <laughs> yeah. don't try to and do you know. too much. And Jeff, you
2: also uh, played with Tom Waits too, right? Did you play sax or bass or?
1: Oh, the one
0: time, yeah, he did uh, House Where Nobody Lives on, on Jay Leno. And it was when Meal Variations came out. And he, uh, the head of Anti Records, who, who, who puts out Tom's records as, fr- as a friend of mine and gave, recommended me to Tom. And Tom called me up and I came in and played saxophone.
3: Awesome.
0: So it was saxophone, trombone, and, and Tom was playing piano. And Larry Taylor was playing bass who's been with played with wow. Tom for years yeah that was great that's, a, that's cool.
1: a pretty good gig that was that
0: was a blast <laughs> but you, know, you know you know the doing the gig was great and then we met a day or two before and rehearsed and one of the things about Tom that I liked is he you know he likes to tell stories mm-hmm. and just just yeah little stories like he said he said you know, how many meals have you had that you can really remember and then he told this story about about you know waking up by the side of the road next to this diner and he didn't that he didn't realize was there and the sun came up and he went in there and had something to eat and then he was on his way you know of course he told it in a much more memorable <laughs> way yeah
1: <laughs> yeah how many meals can you really remember yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah something like that <laughs> yeah. exactly
2: and yeah. also you both know in common Julie Christensen because
1: you played. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew. Yeah. She actually sang with my band back in like the late 80s when she was with the Divine Horseman. I met her at uh, the Iguana Cafe, which is. Uh, and you remember the Iguana Cafe? It was in North Hollywood, right where all those, where Camarillo and Lakersham and all those places meet and I, Duke yeah. McVinnie and Dan Byrne and. Uh, sure. Back and uh, and uh, Julie Christensen. Julie Christensen was the first one of the first people I met there. And oh, Julie's great. She's amazing. And I, she's, she, you know, uh, all the great stuff she's done. She's actually been a guest on the show many times. She was actually on our very first podcast. If you go back to the listeners, go back to the very first podcast with Dina Stamatopoulos. She calls us from outside somewhere in Austin and the, or East Austin. Yeah. Very important to say East Austin. She does not want to be known as being from Austin. Oh no, it's not East Nashville. Sorry, that's where it's she Na- lives. She's in, yeah. but she's not Nashville. She's East, East Nashville, Nashville, which is very, very important now? distinction. Still? And she was out there walking around with John Bird, the mm-hmm. songwriter, John Bird, and there were like crickets and stuff going on in the background. It's, sure. Yeah. No, she's 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 amazing. Great songwriter. Great singer. Uh, I missed
2: the show, but she was just singing last night with the Flesh Eaters at Amoeba.
1: Hey, what? She, last. Shut up.
2: I I am not. She's in
1: L.A., and she played last night.
2: She played at Amoeba Records with Flesh Eaters yesterday. Sarah, how come you didn't tell me? Well, I I can't keep track of all this, but you're thinking about the (laughs) spring. Oh,
1: Jesus. But
2: but the thing is that... um, they're gonna play another show coming up, so maybe you should Google Flesh. Yeah, eaters.
1: I will look that We're up. They're
2: supposed to do a big show. I don't know where. Let's promote them too. Well, it'll be done. <laughs> it'll be
1: done. It'll be done. The show I will be over Dave by Elvin. then. I love Dave yeah.
3: Yes, she's. So, so wait, so she's singing with them.
1: So you played with Julie.
0: You know, I met Julie years ago, and and did did I don't know did a couple shows with her, and um. I ended up producing a record of hers, a record called "Weeds Like Us," and then co-producing another record that she did um, called "The Cardinal." And um, so, and I'm friends with Julie and her husband John Deal, the great people. Yeah. And you know, Julie's a great talent.
1: Do you know a song of hers called "Traveling Companion"? It's like one of those. You know, it's some. Hmm, I don't know if she bell. even plays it anymore, but it was a song she played. Back in the day, back, it was like 80, I remember I saw her play it at Largo before it was Largo, whatever it was before it was, and she played this set and she sang the song, and I ended up getting it on a little demo tape, and it's been, it's like one of those things that is so, so precious to me, like it's to me, it's like it's, if I made a list of my top 50 favorite songs, it would be on that list, and no, everyone would be like, Julie Christensen, Traveling Companion? But even, like, people who have played with, like, it st- didn't stay in her set. And do you ever think about that, about songs that you might might have written that are just on demos that aren't even Suzanne your good songs? Suzanne
2: my favorite. I have a live <laughs> album of hers, like, on a cassette tape that, like, when I was in high school, luckily I didn't wear it out to where you can't hear it anymore, but it was, like, a live gig in mm-hmm. somewhere on the East Coast, New Hampshire maybe, Yeah. The White Horse or something. I don't know. Anyway... It was all her early stuff that then became the first album, but I think that it's like a bootleg
3: from before Mm. that happened. Yeah,
2: And um, it's so precious to me, and it's so intimate. And then, yeah, anyway.
1: It's just, I mean, and she, like, you just don't know. I guess there's something about that that I think is so amazing. Because you're talking about how hard it is as as an artist, and it is. I've experienced similar... I mean, I think a lot. Most of us have had similar experiences who have chosen this path of feeling like, "Where are we gonna? Is it ever gonna work?" and all the struggle. But then there's that weird thing that you can do something with it that you don't even know how precious it is for somebody, and it lives in their life. Like your music, I don't know how your CD ended up in my collection. It just and and I just threw a bunch of stuff on my phone. I'm walking around Europe, and this these songs start coming up. I'm like. I had seen your posts. I've seen you post, and I like what you, like what Azalea <laughs> said, I like how, like how, you know, what you take on in your posts, but then when I heard the music, because you do kind of wear that, you do talk about the struggle of being an artist, but when I listen to that record, I don't hear no struggle. I hear, I just hear, lighten it up. View, I just lighten hear pure thing. beauty and joy and yeah. pop, you know, lusciousness, and uh, and we just don't, I guess that's just the thing, we just don't know. We don't know the impact of the things that are, of our failures, <laughs> Really. Well, I think when you're
2: right. an artist or a musician, uh, it's something that you just have to do. Right. You know, otherwise, who knows? You could be dead or crazy or... Yeah.
1: If you have, if you, if you don't have to, quit. But
2: also, one don't. other thing is, one thing that really moved me was when I was dear friends with uh, Leonard Cohen, and when you and... Uh, Julie. Julie performed at the memorial at the Rinzaiji uh, Zen Center... Um, Thank you. That, yeah, I mean, that, that, was, that was an her honor. Her voice is so beautiful, and the energy in that room, yeah. and just the love and, and beauty, I felt so special. It was like the angels. I mean, her voice is
3: mm-hmm. truly
2: a gift of the angels. And yeah. So I don't know her personally, but I've received her gift, and uh, and it was, that
3: was really special. Yeah. That, you
0: know that that was just that was a, really an honor that Julie asked me to accompany her and to play in that room with those people under those circumstances. It yeah. was it was. I, I don't even have yeah. words for it. Yeah. The
1: Tower just, of Song. You got invited into the Tower of Song. Sure. You,
0: <laughs> absolutely.
1: Aww. Yeah. But yeah, Julie, yeah, you know, and Julie's uh, Julie's
0: recorded a couple songs that I've written. Oh, very And I'm cool. really wow, grateful cool. for that. Yeah, sweet. Yeah.
1: So, you know, I mean, it'd be nice to get Mavis, but you got Julie Christensen. Yeah. Come on, come on. she has got the voice of the angels. Yeah, exactly. she,
0: she certainly does. Yeah.
1: So, so uh, let's get let's get into this musical divination thing okay. here. I know you you got a question, you got a burning question. I got a short burning question. <laughs> okay. Okay, lay your short burning question on us. Is there love on other planets?
3: Aww. I
1: love that. (laughs) Is there love on all the other planets? And now to engage the pop oracle, you get to spin the wheel of eight. Okay.
3: (laughs) Na, 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 (laughs) na.
1: We love. Song number one, Streets I Ride. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a good
4: one.
2: <laughs> that's another New Orleans tune.
3: Tell the preacher Gonna lay all my burdens down by the river.
1: That was "Streets I Ride" from Sarah Kramer. Another song that was painful not to sing harmonies to. Can I? Can I be your backup singer, Sarah? Really?
2: (laughs) If ever I have any gigs. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll work for drinks. So, uh, and that was the edge of the question. Fantastic question. Is there love on other planets? Mm -hmm. You know, it's so funny. You'd think I would have heard that question before. It's a, you know, but that's, I mean, thats just that, that musician thing. You just, full, you found a new way to play an old riff.
2: But like, what's also so interesting about it is, like, most people are just, like, thinking consumption. Like, is there water? You know? Yeah. But, like, that's a whole other, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's well, you a gotta whole have other water. level. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta have air. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But you know, it would be nice if you had love.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Otherwise, go home.
1: Yeah. So so tell us a little bit about the background. You said that was another New Orleans song.
2: Yeah, that that I wrote um while I was still living in New Orleans. And um yeah, I used to ride around on my bicycle and just um I think I really um Love, appreciate, and respect humanity in general, but most especially in, in New Orleans. And I think that um, it's celebrated there, and everybody has, like, equal footing in a way. I mean, not equal footing in, like, politically or history or mm-hmm. like that. But, I mean, as far as, like, everyone is in the moment, who they are, and... Um, And just how in this moment can we have a a good time? And, you know, it doesn't matter if you're just getting off from work, about to go to work, if you're a tourist, if you live there. Anything could be going on in in your life, be it wonderful or horrible. Um, But we're all in this together and we happen to be right here right now. Shall we start a parade? You know... Should we play music, dance to music? It's just a whole thing, and and all, all but,
0: of the above, all
2: of the above. <laughs> but but there's a sort of kind of understanding or empathy that I think everyone has some kind of struggle, whether it be physical pain, emotional pain, or financial pain, or or any you know whatever. But there's a certain balance and. And In New Orleans, I always felt like ev- everything is is okay because we're all here fully present right now. and And so that song is kind of just maybe imagery throughout a general, not a specific bike ride, but like the 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 preacher line came. i was there's a church on Rampart Street. Was called Saint Jude anyway. I had heard maybe Aaron Neville, uh, his mother prayed for him there. I don't know. There was an energy around this mm-hmm. um, church. I used to take the bus pass there, um, <clears throat> and Armstrong Park is right um, near that church. And Armstrong, well, it's currently Armstrong Park. It wasn't always Armstrong Park, it was at some point Congo Square, which is where the only place that slaves, whites, Creoles, everybody would join. It was all about drumming and it would be the darkest at the center and get lighter going out. But it was all, again, a coming together and that energy of what was Congo Square is what now is Armstrong Park. So so there's that line. There was a an amazing um, saxophone player who also played fruit, his flute, fruit, and fruit, and fruit. Why not? He he was fruit. <laughs> yeah. He he was joyous fruit. His name was Frederick Shepherd, and um, he played a bad picking up the pieces on his saxophone. Mm. But anyway, he that's when I call him the shepherd. He right. would, he would also play in the street. But I mean, he was like one of the most spectacular horn players that I've ever heard in my life, and. He was an elder and he, he was available. People in yeah. New Orleans are accessible. You'd see Alan Tucson at the grocery store, you know, or just people. And mm-hmm. he he was like one of the best saxophone players ever. And you'd hear him in the clubs, but he nothing was above or below him. He's just going to give his gift and he would play on the street. So he was the shepherd. He got his cane or his flute. Uh, uh, with the next line, oh, w- there are street names, Washington, all this, but just yeah, it was just basically a song of love, I guess, just yeah. love, Absolutely. humankind, and love, and, and just pure, pure love, and and a unified love. There is no division or boundary, like that is right. New Orleans.
0: And you know what, New Orleans is another planet. <laughs> It's a planet it all to it, there's itself. There's a
1: There's a Dire Straits song called "The Planet of New Orleans." Actually. Well, I yeah. didn't know
0: that, but I get yeah. it. I remember the first time I ever went to Louisiana. I was in this blues band. I was this. I was playing with this guy named James Harmon, and we used to play in Houston. Oh. I
1: think, Do I know James Harmon? You might you know should. James Harmon. Yeah. He's yeah. been He's been around.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so I was in James's band for a few years, and we would play in Houston. We'd play. Um, like Club Hey Hey, he's from Alabama. He lives out here, um, so we'd play in Houston. After the gig, we would pack up and we and and we would drive straight to New Orleans. And I remember the first time we did that, I fell asleep in the van, and I woke up and we were driving across across. We were on this bridge, driving Carson across City the swamp. Connection. It was amazing. Oh,
2: oh, oh, you were headed across Lake Pontchartrain? Yeah, we were, we were headed Mandeville. across Lake, yeah, exactly.
0: Oh, yeah. And I had never seen anything like it. And there is no place like Louisiana and there's no place like New Orleans. That's
2: right. And you you're going to be playing, I saw Rick Post with Mavis at the Jazz Fest. We'll
0: be at Jazz Fest or, in the beginning in of the May.
2: Spring.
1: Did they just yes. announce that the Rolling Stones are headlining that? The
2: same day. Really? Yeah, yeah, you're playing you're playing the same day as the Stones.
3: Cool. And same I, stage?
2: I, and I heard that that day usually they give like there's the most amazing radio station people should stream online all the time. Donate if you can. You can put a link on your thing. Yeah. It's the best. WWOZ 90.7 FM New Orleans, Louisiana radio. And when people donate, you can people that are able To get what's called a brass pass, there are certain benefits, and it includes, like, passes to the Jazz Fest or, or VIP things throughout the city. Anyway, I heard that because the Stones are so big or whatever, it's kind of pissed people off, that one day of Jazz Fest that the Stones are playing... None of the brass passes Doesn't or anything include. counts. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeff is lucky because he happens to be playing that very same day. Oh. I saw Rick post it, well, so you'll be able to be there that precious day. <laughs> yeah. That the we're,
0: we're always we've done Jazz Fest now I think two or three times, and we're always in the gospel tent.
2: I love the gospel tent. It, I saw the yeah. Blind Boys of Alabama yeah. play there, all and, and just local people. John Butte. It is the best.
0: It's a great place to be. It's a great place to be.
1: Well, I don't have much to—I mean—to add to this because this is just—I love that we we get to go to New Orleans through this <laughs> conversation. Uh, the only line that I thought might uh, apply to the idea of if there's love on other planets is the line, "Somebody's got to come bring our people back." Yeah, okay. and so it just. <laughs> I like that line. I
0: thought. I thought. I, you know what? That was the line that stuck out for me.
1: What and it, what it's made me think is like so somebody's got to come is saying sort of saying that life is going to happen, regeneration happens. So, in order for there, to, if there is life on other planets, there has to be love, or it does. You can't get life without love, right? <laughs> somebody's got to come, and yeah, and then the idea of bring our people back, of the idea that. I don't know, like that idea that that we're like that there, we're alien. High, like that the aliens want us to bring love back to. Like there's mm-hmm. a, there's this <laughs> connection. Of we're yearning for each other. Like that the love is actually that's why we go. Like we think we're going to these planets to find water or minerals or anything, but like everything else, everyone is just doing everything somehow. Because they're seeking love, so I don't know. There's something about the yearning between, in, uh, like, interspecies yeah. yearning. That's a beautiful so, thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a beautiful question. Right. I mean, you must be. Uh,
0: I-, I wanted a. Sh- I wanted a. I wanted a short.
1: Yeah. Good short question. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. Economy. Economy of, of playing. That's why yeah. it makes you good baseball. You don't don't play too many notes. That's you play right. just the right notes. Okay. Yeah.
2: And he's got a groove. That's key.
1: Yeah. That's a groovy question. That's what it's all about. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that you know, I almost want to just like end it right there because that was so cool the way he's like, that's what it's all about. <laughs> you know, just go out. Right there. <laughs> Don't even to say anymore. That's pretty good.
0: All right. Thanks,
1: Jeff. It's been great. It's yeah. Been great on dress. Yeah, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. Enjoy that Stones show. It'll be fun. Yeah, we'll if you can make right it. Today. The Mavis. Go show, to the Mavis. That's where it's at. Yeah, out. well, you know.
2: <laughs> Mavis, talk about uplifting. I mean, Mavis. Okay. Uh, I'm. My goodness, I, I saw you guys play at the Santa Monica Pier, and then I also one time it was so cool you played in Hollywood. I think it's the Fonda Theater. It's right near my apartment. I actually was able to walk to a Mavis Staples' concert, <laughs> and I mean. Those are just the only two times that I've had had a chance to receive, but oh my gosh, it 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 changes you and and brings you higher. Those shows uplift. Uplift. Mavis right. is
0: yeah. a she's a I don't know she's a force of nature. Totally. She's remarkable. Her energy, the way she gives herself to to the audience, it's inspiring to work with her.
1: Do you know who that reminds me of? Our next guest. He's waiting in the wings. Danny Magoo. Danny Magoo. <laughs> the Danny, yeah. Danny Magoo. The, the Danny Magoo. The patient, the patiently waiting Danny Magoo. Yeah. <laughs>
4: A felt tip marker and a Joe of wine Made his debut record Entirely on horseback He knew that his time had come He said out loud this morning Tennessee.